so glad you could join us for mornings at YCBC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with Him. So let's get into the Word. We came to youth with a mission and we're going through valleys of conflict. In fact, I know Matthew 18 inside out by living three years in community. If you want to learn how to, how to deal with conflict, go live in community. It really gives you a sandpaper ministry, I tell you. So some, and then there's this other one, these valleys that we get stuck in. The last one is a valley of Baca, which is found in Psalm 84, verses 5 to 7. It says this, Blessed are those whose strength comes from the Lord. As they pass through the valley of Baca, the valley of weeping, they will make it a place of springs, the valley of grief. And you can walk through this grief and I've walked through grief and Pam and I've walked through grief for the whole range of things. But these four valleys really feed in for me of what it says here in Psalm 23 verse 4. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And when I first read that as a new believer, I thought, oh, that's just a term that God's given. The valley of the shadow of death. But it's an actual place in Israel. And it's a valley that goes through. It's a valley that goes through seven and a quarter kilometers. And it's got walls that are like 305 meters high. It's so narrow in some places that it's only two or three meters wide. And sheep can't travel through there by, and turn around. It's an impossibility for the sheep to turn around. And seasonally, they have to go through that valley to be fed. And David knew all about this valley. And the only time you get a bit of light is kind of around noontime because it's so high. And I don't know about you. I don't know if you've ever been in a valley like that. David described it from that sheep's perspective. But he knew all about this. You know, life's great when we're on the mountain, when we're by the still waters. We actually got to spend some time by the still waters on Friday afternoons. Just watching, well, they weren't that still, it was the sea, but it was beautiful. It's lovely to just sit there in the sand. And other times when you're in the green pasture and you can just lie there. And I can go and sit in some of my pastures out of my paddocks for the moment till we sell. Because Steve's coming to burn my house down. So it's a bit of a worry. So now I'm going to get a bit worried about that. But it's great to be on those mountains. But when we're in the valley... There can be this really difficult challenge. And for me, valleys are the place where you learn stuff that you couldn't learn anywhere else in your life. You can't learn it up on the mountain. You've got to go through the valley to learn stuff. Three things that we need to know about valleys that are part of our lives. Every one of us in this room will walk through a valley at some point. If you haven't gone through one yet, you'll be going through one because they're all part of our lives. Deuteronomy 11.11 says this in the New Living Translation. The promised land you're about to enter is a land of hills and valleys. Even the promised land, even when you're walking with Jesus, there's valleys that we can walk through. 1 Peter 4.12 says, Don't be surprised when you're tested by troubles or painful suffering as if there's something unusual happening to you. And for many years, Pam had call it the someone's done me wrong song. I'd sit when I got in a mess and I'd be whinging and whining and carrying on like a pork chop as some people say. I'd be just in this valley whinging and talking this song, this song of regret. But the word tells us, don't be surprised. You're going to go through these valleys. Valleys are normal. They happen to all of us. They're part of life. They happen to everyone. Psalm 34, 19 in the Living Bible says this. The good man doesn't escape all troubles. Has them, he has them too, and she, she has them too. But the Lord helps them, each and every one of them. See, when we're walking through the valley with Jesus, 
We can get through the valley because he helps us. So we shouldn't be surprised. They happen to everyone. But the problem with these valleys, these, these situations, they're pretty unpredictable. You can be going along with the Lord and you, you know, just journey along, no problem. And then bang, it's like you've been blindsided and sideswiped and an unpredictable valley has hit you. I don't know, just have a few of those. Unpredictable valleys, they happen to us. It says this, Proverbs 27.1. Don't ever brag about tomorrow because you don't know what the day will bring. That is so true. And it has been so true in my life. They walk along those things. Valleys teach us stuff. They teach us things that we can't learn anywhere else. And a couple of the biggest valleys I've ever walked through in my life, one of them is actually, I've been through quite a few, but one of them is our, Pam and I have been married 43 years, and we love Jesus, and we love each other. But you know, in that 43 years, there's been times when we've walked through valleys, and we need to have restoration. But one of the, the valleys I want to talk about this morning is a valley that occurred for Pam and I, and it occurred in 2012, and I was about to preach. It was very much like a Sunday morning, like this. And I was out in Canberra, and we stood outside the church. It was a lovely day. It was, it was this, uh, November. It was November the 27th. And on November the 20th, which is somebody's birthday, our son went into hospital that day. I had to take him there, had to be with him, and get out of the hospital about 4.30 in the morning. And a week later, I'm getting ready to preach. And it's 10 o'clock in the morning. We actually started at 10.30. And I get a phone call, because Daniel was in hospital up in Goulburn. And I get a phone call from this new psychiatrist. He's just the registrar. He's filling in for the weekend. And he goes, look, I don't know your son, but he seems really well. And he's got a job up in Darwin. And uh, we're going to let him out for a walk. And I said, please don't do that. I'll be there in an hour. Please don't do that. And I shared with a guy at church, and I was due to preach. Somebody else said, I'll preach for you. Get in the cart and go. That's why any good preacher has a, a preacher in their back pocket ready to go, because you never know. Things are unpredictable. Valleys are unpredictable. So we got in the car. We drove there. And guess what? They'd let him out for a walk. And he was nowhere to be seen. And for three hours, I walked around with my friend. Walked around. We went to the railway station. We went to the police station. We went everywhere in Goulburn we could think about. And we couldn't find him. And it was like, I don't know what's going on here. And I could have sat there and started to sing my someone's dummy wrong song. And this guy said, right, let's keep, let's keep looking. Because he was a military guy. He was in the army and he was used to doing and let's get on and do. And I said, no, whoa, stop. We need to sit and we need to rest because God's got this. We need so we sat on a park bench. And it's funny how in this series of rest, we've talked about three words here and four words there. Three words changed my life and they changed our ministry. They changed everything we do. And the three words God spoke to me on that bench in Goldman was, he is safe. Now I'm still in a valley. I don't know if he's dead. I don't know if he's alive. But all I know is he's safe. And something in my inside started to go, okay, Lord, what is it you want me to see? What is it you want me to learn here? Because in the valley, we need to learn stuff. And so I called Pam and said, look, we're coming home. We don't know where he was. He was missing for five days. And during those five days, we spent time in prayer. We, we had one of the biggest prayer meetings in our church, church's history. Church was about six years old, seven years old at that point. Biggest prayer meeting, people turning up from all over. Sometimes it's sad when we come together just to pray when there's a crisis, but people came. And during that time, the Lord showed us he was safe and there was a whole bunch of things. And five days later, he was found. Physically, he was exhausted and messed up. Mentally, he was. And for a year, Pam and I walked through a valley of looking after him. 
and I've shared some stuff, but it was walking through a valley. So here's a few things. I just want to share in the little bit of time we've got left around these valleys. What do we do when we're in a valley? First thing we need to do, we can deny it. And we can, I could pretend, it, oh yeah, that's, and I could be super spiritual. And I have to tell you, in those five days when he was missing, I wasn't super spiritual. You know, there were times when we were crying and weeping, and we were weeping with joy when he was found. But we were in the valley with God, and we could have denied it and become all super, I say, super spiritual. But we got real, and we accepted that this was the valley we were in at the time. So the first thing we need to do is accept our valley. See, in that valley, the valley shows us, when we accept it, who our friends are, who our real friends are. And you know, sometimes in those deep valleys, you can count on the hand and probably have three fingers left of your true friends. In that moment, people walked alongside us. And it was a challenge, but it teaches you who your friends are in the valley. The other thing it teaches you, it teaches me, taught me, who am I? Who am I? That was one of the words God used to say to me every day when I go up and pray was, who are you, Keith? He was trying to teach me something. You know, it's no good because often before we've hit a valley, we can go around saying, oh, yeah, it's great. You know, Lord's good. God is good. And when we hit this valley, we do things in the valley that we say we'd never do. Psalm 27. I'll just remind you, Psalm 27, verse 11 says, don't brag about tomorrow since you do not know what the day will bring. And in that walk, it was important for Pam and I to walk it. We'd walked some some tough valleys in the past, and we hadn't walked them particularly well. I hadn't walked them particularly well. But God wanted to teach us stuff. He wanted to teach us hard stuff, how to deal with really difficult circumstances. See, that's where the valley takes you. The valley takes you, it takes you to church. It takes you to your knees, and it takes you to your Bible at two in the morning when you've got no other answers. So God wants you to actually accept it and say that this valley is teaching me who I am. It also teaches you who God is in that valley. And in that time, I wouldn't want you to go through that moment, those five days. I would never ask. And some of you in this place have gone through journeys of grief and journeys of doubt. But that for us was probably one of the toughest journeys we'd ever made through a valley. But you see, it taught us who God was. We can act like we know who God is. I could praise, praise the Lord with the best of them when I'm sailing on the winds. But when the chips are down, who is God for you? You know, we only know who God really is, who our dad really is when he gets alongside us in the tough stuff. You know, that, and, and some people were saying to us over that time, oh, you know, the Lord, I'm giving these really spiritual answers. And I said, oh, so tell me, tell me about your journey. Have you ever been through something like this? Oh, no, no, but God's good. And when you live a white, I call it the white picket fence Christian life, you've never actually been through stuff, then I would never venture to tell someone. You know, you can empathize with someone, but yeah, if you've not been through it, you don't know how you're going to react. Never brag about it. You don't know. If I have three pots of water up here, three pots of hot boiling water, and in the first one, I pop some eggs in. And what happens to eggs when you put them in water and you leave them there a while? They're going out really hard. In this one, I pop some veggies in. Veggies go really soft, don't they? They cook in the stuff and they're ready to eat. And if I put coffee in this one, like Steve's going to put some coffee on a bit later, put coffee in the pot, this whole place would smell of coffee. I love walking in a place like Trey. I love that, that smell that wafts. And, and that's true of us as, as believers. We can get in these situations. And in the past, I've been really hard and bitter and angry. You know, when, when they dropped in a circumstance, I got really angry and bitter. Or I can go here and I can be dropped in the pot when the tough 
conflict comes and I get all wishy-washy and stuff, and I start singing that someone's done me wrong song, as Pam christened it. Keith, will you stop singing it? For many years of my life, I'd sing, oh, God, nobody understands, you know? Or we can flavor the house. We can flavor the house. You know, you can wake up every morning with your eyes on Jesus. And that's all I did for those five days. All I had was me and Jesus and Pam, and Pam, me and Jesus. So we'd wake up and we'd wake up in the middle of the night and we'd turn to Jesus. That was all we had. And a very good friend of us, when our marriage was going through tough stuff, said, you know what? If you've got nothing else, just hold hands and pray. And some days we had to do that. But in this circumstance, we were able to hold hands. We were able to pray. And we were actually not realizing. And it wasn't until three or four years later, some people in the church said, hey, you know that time you walked through that thing with Dan? And we praise God because Dan's well and he's married and he's, you know, he's loving Jesus. But back then, it was like, hey, you know when you walked through that thing? Yeah. Well, we just watched how you walked through that. You see, people watch how you walk. They don't listen to your words so much. They want to see your Christian walk. So are you going to be a hard, tough, bitter Christian when it goes wrong? Are you going to be a wishy-washy one? Are you going to flavor the house? Are you going to change the atmosphere around you? Or is the atmosphere going to change you? Some thoughts. Are we going to shrink back and get hard? Hebrews 3.8 says this in the Passion Translation. Don't make him angry by hardening your heart like your ancestors did during the days of rebellion. When they were tested in the wilderness, when they were tested in the valley, they got hard-hearted. They hardened their heart towards God. And for me, I did that sometimes. I blamed God for all sorts of things. But you know what? We sang a song this morning, and he is good. In every circumstance of life, whether we're on the mountain or we're in the valley, he is good. God is good. You see, the things about these valleys, they grow us. And some people have more valleys. Why? Because some people like me probably need a bit more growing. Need some more capacity. Capacity to walk it. So last week we talked about things that we could do. And one of the things we talked about was denial. Remember, it wasn't a river in Egypt. Yeah. Uh, that, was a, that was a dad joke. I'm sorry. Hey, that was a granddad joke, actually, I reckon. But you know... We accept the reality of our valley. That's the first thing. We just need to accept we're in a valley. And then the next thing is we need to, advance, we need to announce our response to the valley. And I love it in the New King James. Uh, yeah, New King James. Psalm 23, 4 says this. Yay. He's announcing it. Yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because you're with me. So we announce it. Yay. And the first thing we are announcing in this verse is, Though I walk through the valley, I'm going to walk. So what are you going to do? You can't, in your Christian walk, you can't stand still. I've got some bad news for you. You're either going forward, you're walking, or you're going backwards. You can't stand still. But we announce it. My response during those five days, I'm going to walk. I might walk very slowly, and I might not be getting far, but I'm not standing still. I'm going to walk in what God has said. He said, he is safe. Those three words were powerful. He is safe. You know, even if he was with Jesus, he was safe. But you see, some of us take a long time for that. I've taken quite a long time to get where I, you know, to get to this place. For my Christian walk has been like that. It's been up and down like a yo-yo until he is safe. Just transform me. That's all I can say is he transformed my life. Some people, like my dear wife, Pam, sometimes she gets it in an instant. She goes, can't you see that? I'm a bloke, you know. 
I'm going to take me a few more times. I've got to go around the mountain a number of times. But now I'm still going on that walk. You know, Jesus invited 12 guys. He said, come for a walk with me. And for three and a half years, they walked with Jesus. And it transformed their lives. In fact, they transformed the world when Jesus went to the cross. That was the biggest valley he walked through. Thing is about walking is you're not standing still. It's a choice. You know, you can't stand still. You've got to keep walking. The thing is, the other thing about walking is you're going somewhere. If you're walking, you're going somewhere. While I was down the coast the other day, I, was, I had some beautiful, good walks. And I got somewhere. But the thing is, when you're on a journey, help comes. When you're walking forward, if you're standing still, you're expecting people to come to you. That's the same as the church. You know, we can sit in this church and we can expect people to come here on a Sunday, but we're on a walk. We're on a journey. Jesus said, let's go for a walk. On Tuesday, I had um, coffee with a lady who traveled all the way from Queensland, I discovered. I thought she was coming from Sydney. She's moved to Queensland. She came all the way through to go to Canberra and she said, can I have a coffee? I met this lady 20 years ago when she interviewed me for a radio program, a TV program on Channel 10 when I was doing mental health. And she caught up with me probably back in the last year. She tracked Pam and I down. She was a believer at that time. She said, I couldn't tell you I was a believer, but I need to speak to you about spirituality and mental health. We're producing a new show. It's going to go live. I'd like to talk to you about that. So we've had a couple of conversations. Anyway, on Tuesday, she came, and she could only get here for 2.30. We were in Trader. We had a coffee, and we stepped outside, and we went for a little walk because Trader was closing up about 3 something. We just went for a little walk. We're going past Vinnie's, and for some reason, on that walk, I shared a a story with her about a friend of mine and a tragic circumstance that friend had gone through and it had ended up in a really tough place for them. And she just burst into tears. And yeah, that, that was a bit tough. And she had a little story and it turned out that her father had gone through exactly the same thing. I didn't know that. And the Holy Spirit just prompted me to tell her. And right there outside Vinnie's, I said, can we pray? So we prayed. She forgave these people who'd hurt her father, in fact, killed her, killed her father. And she released them and God set her free. She called me two days later and said, I can't believe the freedom I've got in my head. I don't have voices in my head anymore. Voices of condemnation, voices of anger. We're on a walk. We walk with Jesus. We're getting somewhere. Sometimes in that walk, we need to let people go. There's some people that are in our lives sometimes on the walk. And we actually need to let them go. They're problem multipliers. On the walk, we need people who are going to take away our problems, not multiply them. So we need to be on this walk. We need to keep moving forward. I'm going forward. I'm walking. You know, Joshua 24, 15, it says, As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. That's our walk. We're going to serve the Lord. I don't care. I'm going to keep on walking and I'm going to keep on serving. Even when there's a bad doctor's report. A number of times Pam has been healed physically. And the doctors have said, here's this thing on your, you know, on your lungs. Sorry, this is on there. There's the x-rays to prove it. And as we're praying, we're going to go. We keep serving and God heals her. You know, when the slander, when people are throwing stuff at you, they're attacking you, what are you going to do? Let's keep on walking. Let's keep on walking. And how can we keep on walking? I'm glad you asked that. You know, in Romans 8.37, it says this. Yet in all of these things, we're more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors through whom who loved us. More than conquerors. In the Greek, that word, and I'm going to try and pronounce this, it's called huper nikado. And it actually means more than conqueror. And it comes from the, the Greek games. When the Olympic Games were on, they used to have a mountain race. And people had run up the mountain. And as they were going up the mountain, some had fall, some had quit, 
Some would just drop off and you get to the top of the mountain. Those that got to the top of the mountain, they raised their hand and they said, they're a conqueror. Then they sent them back down again to the bottom, loaded them up with a weight and said, off you go again. And if they made it to the top and they raised their hand, they said, they're more than conquerors. You know, sometimes in our walk, we can, it's easy to go along on the mountaintop and walk along and be doing really good while there's no weight. But when the weight of strife and the valley comes, how are we going to rest in that? We're going to rest in the truth because it says, in all things, we're more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors. So, where are we going to go with all of that? So we're going to, we're going to tell people we're going to walk. We're going to walk this journey, whatever it takes. So I'm going to walk through this valley because it says, yea, though I walk, I walk through the valley. The next thing it says, I'm not going to fear. It says that. It says, when we walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. God's with us on the walk. You know, fear messes with, with you. Fear messes with your head. Fear, perfect love casts out all fear. And perfect love is God, because God is love. But perfect love casts out all fear. But fear can mess with you. Fear can actually cause you to quit. You know, there's been a number of times in ministry I've wanted to quit. The problem is I can't find the address to send the resignation letter to. <laughs> can't do it. I'm sure there's other people, ain't it? You can't. Where do you send the letter to? I can't quit. But sometimes it causes you to, to give up. It causes you to actually... You know, have medical problems. It gives you ulcers. It can bring you to tears. It can cause your knees to knock when there's real fear. And in some circumstances, when I was in riots and people are coming at you and they're not just throwing wooden blocks as in training, they're throwing petrol bombs and bricks. And I'm going, you know what? I don't really want to be here now, but I don't have an option to quit. I've got to keep walking forward. Otherwise, the people alongside me are going to fall in a heap. You see, that's what it's about in the body of Christ. We're not alone. We're walking together on this journey. So let's keep walking. Let's keep walking. I'm going. I'm going to keep walking every day. I will not fear. You see, the thing about faith and fear, they can't exist in the same bucket. Faith and fear. Fear tells us, you know, I've got to quit because we walk by faith, not by sight. Faith tell, uh, fear tells us, you know what, hand in your resignation. Faith says, keep going, Keith. Because Rocky, anyone ever watched the movies Rocky? The Rocky movies, I love them. You know, Rocky, he gets knocked down. But there's one thing he says, which is quite profound. He says, it doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down. You've only got to get up one more time and you got knocked down. You're a winner. You're more than a conqueror. So it's like, I'm walking through. I'm going to walk through. This is the third thing. I'm, not, I'm going to walk. I'm not going to fear, but I'm going through. It says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I walk through it. I'm going through it. I'm not staying here. Where I am right now in my Christian walk is not where I'm going. I'm going on because we're going on with Jesus. You know, we're not here. If you're here and you're going, oh, I'm in this mess and I've got these things going on. You know, think about me, 1996, all these addictions going on. Yet Jesus sets me free. Those things drop off. But it was a process. I was going on with Jesus. I was walking through. I was going from and I'm going to. And where are we going to? We're going to eternity. That's it. We need to take an eternal perspective of this. I'm going through. You know, prayers are answered in the Word of God. The Word of God actually answers it. And in fact, I'm not going to... I can tell you that this, this verse here, it answers everything you need to know. It answers it all. Psalm 23, verse 4, answers everything. See, I'm not staying here because I'm going to walk through. I'm going to walk through. I'm going to accept my reality. 
that I'm in a valley, I'm going to announce these responses and then I'm going to come through. And in Psalm 23, it says this. Again, just remember this. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I'm stuck. So we acknowledge we've got resources. I'm going through because I've got resources. I've got resources. My resources are this. In Psalm 23, 4, you are with me. Well, I will fear no evil for you, God, you are with me. You're with me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me and I will fear no evil. Isaiah 43, 2, which was a scripture that God gave me about two days after I got saved, says, when you go through the deep waters of great trouble, I will be there with you. When you walk through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. They won't consume you. I'm not in it by myself. You are not in it by yourself today. We have the Holy Spirit. We have Jesus. We have God the Father. But we also have each other. You know, Moses was in many battles. And he used to raise his staff up. And the enemy would retreat. And he'd get tired and he'd drop his staff and the enemy would advance. Until the very final battle when two friends came and they raised his arms up. Sometimes we need people in the war to raise our arms up to get through to the other part where we're going. So I said it, the answer is in the word. When we're in a valley, we can either go forward or we go back. And in Psalm 23, if we move through that, we can go backwards and forwards. It's still there. You see, verse, verse 5, which we'll come to. We'll get to it next week. We'll get there. Go forward. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. That's when we've got it together. The cup is running over. And we're just talking about God. Isn't Jesus good? Look at this cup of oil that's anointing me. It's flowing over me. Or we can go back. In verse 3, it says, He restores my soul. He leads me on the paths of righteousness for His namesake. He restores my soul. He's leading me on a path. He's leading me. Verse 2, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me by the still waters. He makes me again. And then in verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shan't want. You see, it's all about the Lord. It's all about Jesus. You know, when we're, when we're here, when we're going on the green paths, he's leading us. When we've come out through the valley, he's leading us again. He's behind us. He's, he's there. And when we're in those two places, we talk about God a lot. We talk about God. But you know one thing I've learned when I'm right in the valley? That's when I talk to God. That's when I talk to Jesus. When I'm in trouble, he's not behind me and he's not in front of me. He's right there. It says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me, Jesus. You're with me in this valley. Doesn't matter whether people fail me, whether people drop me, whether people criticize or attack me. You're in this valley with me. It's, it's the presence of God that's walking through. We were praying this morning, the church asking for the presence and the power. Those two things go hand in hand. We can ask for the presence of Jesus and people can be hit by the Holy Spirit and fall over. But unless they get up differently, there's no power in the gospel. You know, I've prayed for people. I've once prayed for someone. And please forgive me, I didn't preach a message on salvation. But I prayed for a guy and he went down in the spirit and he got up and three people came to me after that meeting. It was actually a weekend men's retreat. And they wanted to attack us through the word and said, you didn't preach the gospel. I said, so how's that guy going? Has he changed? Has his life changed? He said, absolutely he's changed. There's the Holy Spirit right there. That guy is now a pastor. 
The guy who went down, not the other three. Don't know where they are. But you know what? It doesn't matter where they are because the presence of God is all I need. It says this in Psalm 73, 28. As for me, God's presence is all I need. I've made the sovereign Lord my shelter. So if you're going through a valley today, have you made the sovereign Lord your shelter? You see, if he's with us, who can mess us up? We're more than conquerors. His presence is enough. His presence brings protection. It brings power. His presence will never leave us or forsake us. In the valley, he is with us. He's with us. On the mountain, we're talking about God. Along the paths, we're talking about him. But when we're in the valley, we're talking to him. And we're engaging with him. Those five days probably in all of my Christian walk transformed the way I talk to Papa. Because Papa isn't some distant, angry God. He just came alongside me. He put his arm around me and he said, Son, we're going to get through this together. We're going to get through this together. That's the dad that I worship. That's the God that I worship. That's the God we all worship. So the last thing is, we've accepted our reality of the valley. We've announced our response. We've acknowledged that we've got resources. If God is for us, who can be against us? The last thing is, we've just got to agree that this journey is not a walk from this white spot to that white spot, being on camera. It's not a walk from here to there. It's a walk into eternity. We need to take an eternal viewpoint. If you're going through a valley right now, you know what? God wants to talk to you in that valley. He wants to teach you stuff that will transform you and will transform whatever he has for you. For he has good plans. Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us, I have great plans for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, not to mess you up. So we agree that this walk is for eternity. And just two last things as we remember that. God has a good purpose for my valley. God has a good purpose for my valley. Romans 5, 3 to 5 says this. We can rejoice even in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. And that kind of hope, hope that Steve was talking about before, that hope does not disappoint us because God has poured his love into our hearts. Those five days, God poured his love so much into my heart that all I can do now is pour it out. See people the way God sees them. Stop for the one. Look at people the way Jesus sees them. Jesus looks at every person in the streets of Yas and he goes, I love them. I created them. Look, Papa, look what we did. They're good. They're in my image. But it says about character, their endurance. You'll never actually learn something on a mountaintop, but you'll learn stuff in the valley walking with God and talking to God. And saying, hey God, what have I got to learn? Sometimes I've had to go around a few times to learn the lesson I should have learned 10 years ago. That's just me. Maybe you learned it first time. I don't know. Hosea 2.15 says, I will transform the valley of trouble into the gateway of hope. That's our eternity. We're going to the gateway of hope. The gateway of hope. We're going to be with the King of Kings. We're going to be with the Lord of Lords. We're going to be in a place where there's no tears. So don't be surprised when you go through a few here. And the last thing to remember as we're on that, my reward will last forever. You want to say that to yourself. My reward's going to last forever. You want to try that? My reward is going to last forever. How do I know that? Good question. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18 says this. We view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces 
for us an eternal weighty glory far beyond all comparison because we don't focus our attention on what is seen we focus it on what is unseen for what is seen is just temporary but what is unseen is the reality of the eternal we're going to pray if that's all right but i just those three four things Let's expect, accept the valleys we're in right now. If you're in a valley today, don't deny it. Just accept it and say, okay, God, what do you want, what do you want me to learn? What is your response? My response, as for me and my house, is going to serve the Lord. I'm going to keep on walking. I'm going to keep on walking. You're going to fed up with me because Dan said I could have 10 years of walking around. Yes, I'm going to keep on walking on this journey with you. We're going to keep on walking and we're going to see this town transformed. We're going to keep on walking. That's our resources. Announce our resources. We have everything we need. We have everything we need in Christ. Christ says, you know, we can do no thing outside Jesus. Not a thing. But with him, all things are possible. All things are possible. That's my resources. And it's for eternity. I get to hang out with you guys for eternity. You might be thinking, I'm leaving now. But we get to hang out together for eternity. Let's pray, eh? Let's pray. Papa, I just thank you that we, <laughs> Lord, we have everything. Lord, our, our struggles, our battles are just temporary because you've redeemed this world. You went to a cross. And uh, as we learn from the so-and-so show, God, you're alive. You're still alive. Weeks after Easter, we're celebrating you're alive. And we're alive because you're alive. So, Lord, I thank you. And I just pray right now, Lord, for those who might be going through valleys, valleys of doubt, valleys of struggle, Lord, valleys of pain, even the valley of the shadow of death, Lord. Because, Lord, to you, they're just temporary. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would just come and minister, minister deeply to their spirits, Lord. Set them free. Just encourage people today to keep on walking with you, Jesus. To keep on walking. believe there's someone today I don't know if you're here today or you're, you're online but I believe that you've said to the Lord I'm done I'm quitting I've had enough I've gone through too much pain God where are you and he says to you this morning I am there in it with you look at my hands look at my feet I'm with you I'll never leave you or forsake you because you're my child I didn't cause those things you're going through but I'm walking in it with you. And when we get out the other side, you're going to look back and you're just going to have a perspective that you didn't have before. Whoever that is, Lord, I just pray that you just touch them right now. Touch them, Lord. Just flow all over them. And Lord, for all of us, Lord, as we walk through these valleys, that we just know this week, this month, this year, the Lord, whatever you you throw against whatever we come against. You're in the valley with us. We bless your name for this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in his word, stay in his love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.